The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Work it, make it, do it, makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. Now, 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 that, that don't kill me, can only make me stronger. I need you to hurry up now, cause I can't wait much longer. You know, I don't like when they uh, end my song before I'm ready to start my show. I like that show, that song to play a little bit longer because I want you to know how long I've been waiting. I've been waiting all week. This is Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. And, of course, I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And I got a whole studio full of people today because I need that much help in order for me to do this show and to do this show right. Of course, we're getting ready for the NFL season to start, the preseason, the practice season is over with. It's game time, and so let the show begin. And uh, this show is going to begin. This show is going to begin not about, let's say, pro football. Uh, no pun intended, <laughs> because you have to be paid in order for it to be pro football. But it's very sensitive in nature as it relates to uh, professional football because some people think that college sports is a, is a minor league for professional sports, but not identified as such. There are many people out there who feel perhaps maybe that college athletes should even be compensated. Well, today we're going to have a conversation of which uh, you will hear from uh, some people who are expert in the field of law, some people who are expert in the field of repurposing of content, some people who are expert in the field of playing the game of football, they've been paid to do so, and they've also been college athletes. And you're also going to hear from those who I think most of us appreciate what they have to say, because I'm one of those people as well, and that is some people who identify themselves as fans of the game. But this special show on Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network, we're going to address the issue of if former college athletes should be compensated for the use of their likeness after they have exhausted <coughs> their eligibility at the college level. And uh, to get it started, I first want to introduce those who are in the studios with me. Uh, I have uh, with me uh, a gentleman who has a show here on the network, and that person, of course, is going to be Kwame Lassiter, who has a show here on Voice America Sports Kwame Lasseter Sports. Kwame, how you doing, man? I'm good, Ray. Thanks for having me. Good, man. And then I, I want to go over and I, I want to introduce uh, another person who just walked into uh, the studios, as a matter of fact, a new host here with us. Uh, Damian Anderson is with us. Thanks for having me, Ray. Man, and uh, you, the name of your show, Damian, come on, hit me upside my head, man. Tell me the name of your show. Playing the Gridiron Where Football Lives. And that's where it starts, and, and we're going to talk about all that as well. And, uh, you know, I had to be nice, and I had to do what I didn't want to do. And I had to, all, you guys think of believe this, I had to bring somebody from the Dallas Cowboys into the studios today, <laughs> and I just hated doing that. <laughs> but we have with us former Dallas Cowboys running back Daryl Clack. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Hey, man, it's a pleasure to have all you gentlemen. 
Uh, gentlemen, before we get started, and you guys have had some time to think about this, I, I want to introduce uh, to everyone out there listening, uh, we have a friend of ours on the phone, and uh, I said we would have experts. So we're going to have uh, someone who can bring us an expert opinion from a legal perspective, and that is uh, Mr. Everett Glenn. And Everett is a managing partner and CEO of Entertainment and Sports Plus, and they're headquartered out in uh, Long Beach, California. Everett, how you doing there, man? I mean, Everett, how you doing, man? Good, good, good. Thanks for having me on the show. Man, it is a pleasure, Everett, to have you, man. I mean, Everett is one of those people, you think that he is... Uh, you know, Enigma or whatever that thing is, man, because he's all over the place. You don't go anywhere without seeing Everett there and uh, has been doing a tremendous job. And I remember way back in the day, Everett, I won't take it back. And you got one of the number one athletes to ever come out of the Ohio State University when you landed Clark Kellogg. So I've right. known about you for many years and you've been doing fine work. So that's why I wanted to have you as one of the experts on this on this panel. And, and I'm just going to start off with asking you a question there ever the subject of if former players should be compensated for their likeness after their eligibility has been exhausted um, from the university is that something that you ever thought would ever become an issue uh, no no actually I didn't think it would ever become an issue because uh, over the years uh, players uh, have uh, been taken advantage of and haven't made much noise about it, uh, mostly uh, because uh, I don't think they really truly understand uh, the power that they have in their position. Uh, Everett, okay. I, I think we're having a little trouble if you could just speak up just a little bit, but I think you said you, you don't think that the players realize the, the power they have in their position? That's correct. I mean, if you go all the way back Kurt Flood and, and the reserve clause. I mean, players have been uh, taken advantage of in sports. I mean, they get compensated for their services, but I mean, we're talking about a three hundred plus billion dollar per year industry, and players get about five percent of that money. And so, uh, personally, I think that not just this rule in terms of the NCAA, but I think there are a number of different rules. Uh, that have been promulgated. Uh, we're talking about the college rule, but it wasn't too long ago that in the National Football League, when players signed their standard player contract, they gave to the NFL <clears throat> the same rights that uh, they gave to the colleges, that is, the right to use their name and likeness without compensation. I'm going to... Uh turn this question over to Damien because uh, he and I have had some uh, conversation about this in the past and uh, this is a young man of course uh, one of the greatest running backs that, that ever existed in the Big Ten not just at Northwestern University but in the Big Ten in college football period let me say this uh, Northwestern how many of us look at uh, from the Big Ten as the, the Ivy League of the Big Ten uh, Damien going into uh, your contract negotiation, if you will, which it really was a, nego a negotiation, but it was the offer which was made to you by Northwestern University. Did this subject matter ever come into your thought process as to if one day I would be entitled or if, even if I am entitled to some type of compensation down the road for the use of my likeness? 
it was never an issue. Only thing that we was discussed was the terms of the scholarship, the four-year period. You know, if there were a redshirt year, and that my housing and education would be provided as long as I maintain my athletic performance. You know, on the field and in the classroom. So, going in, not knowing that one day. And I'm going to say because of, of technology and just the evolution of sports and entertainment, you never thought about trying to protect yourself in the event that, wow, maybe one day they might make money beyond what they're doing in terms of my experience. It was supposed to be student as a student athlete, and they're going to turn this into a business. Should I protect my rights going forward? I certainly didn't think about those type of things. Is that anything you're saying that didn't never came across your mind as well? No, they never. It, it was never an issue. I was just happy with the opportunity to play in the Big Ten and play for Northwestern. I really didn't see myself in terms. I, I thought with the education and you know that I would play professional football. I mean that that was my goal and that was the one thing that I looked at upon. I saw as Northwestern is making money. For example, Ohio State making money before and after me. You know what I'm saying? And that wasn't my focal point of my educational process or scholarship. Okay, Kwame, let me, Kwame, if I, if I could ask you a question then, going into University of Kansas, um, you know, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you went to a JC first and then you transferred to University of Kansas. Right, Butler County. Okay, now, was this ever part of your negotiation in terms of we want to at least reveal to you that there is an opportunity that down the road there could this could turn into a business model where revenue is generated and if it does happen you would be compensated for that no not at all see my thing i differ from uh damien as far as i didn't go to school for football uh, i was doing um i wanted to be one of the first to graduate from my family so i was going to school for medicine and things like that but um only thing was uh across the tables brought up to me was come to school to play football i tell you i say i went to school for medicine because they say you can't take these classes because you have to be on the field at this time. I never never said anything about you are here for your education. It was here to play football. And then um, I, th I understand why when the Bill Walsh game came out, our names were not there, but our likeness and our images were up there because they couldn't pay us. But they were still using it. You know if you played with a guy from Northwestern and that was a running back, it looks just like Damian Anderson running. You play with a guy at Kansas, Ward number eight, the same numbers. That was me playing uh, safety or corner in that position on defense. But we cannot get paid for that. Enough, any of this was never discussed to me uh, as far as we can use your name and likeness. It didn't have anything to do with college. This was some outside entities um, using my name, using my likeness. Wow. Okay, guys, you know, of course, uh, most of us here do a show. So if we hear music, we're going to have to take a break. Uh, and that means we got music. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Come back with us on the other side of the break, and we'll finish the show. Money cash holes, I'm from the hood, stupid, what type of facts are those? If you grew up with holes in your zapper toes, you celebrate the minute you was having dope. I'm like, fuck critics, you can kiss my whole asshole. If you don't like my lyrics, you can press fast forward. Got from high school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a 9-horse field, but really there are 7 donkeys and 2 zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. I don't, I don't have that, that lovers music like you got, Kwame. But yeah, that almost sounds like some mafia music. <laughs> but it sounds all like yeah, I, I spent twenty five years on the East Coast, man. You know, it rubs off on you. You were bit. in Philadelphia for a while. <laughs> all right, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, again, I have with me some special guests today: uh, former Arizona Cardinal safety Kwame Lasseter, former Arizona running back Arizona Cardinals running back. I don't want to say here because we're talking about college as well. Cardinals running back uh, Damian Anderson and also former <coughs> Dallas Cowboy don't hate. running back <laughs> Daryl Clack. <laughs> and thank you guys for joining me. And of course we have our, um, our legal analyst, I'm going to call him our good friend, um, Ever Glenn from um, Entertainment and Sports Plus. Uh, down in Long Beach, California. But I believe we also have on the line with us uh, uh, Tim Ridgeway. Tim, are you there? I'm here, Ray. How you doing there, Tim? I'm doing great. Thanks, Ray. Okay, great. Uh, what I, I want to explain to some people, you know, why Mr. Ridgeway is is on this call. He, he too, uh, uh, was an athlete at one time in, in his life, but uh, Tim says he took the smart road and got out of it real fast and <laughs> went to corporate America. But, but Tim has been... Uh, you know, has 30 years of corporate experience in food and beverage and manufacturing. Uh, but Tim was 
a uh, an executive with PepsiCo for uh, many years, and I think it was uh, was that fifteen years you were Pepsi, Tim? Uh, twenty two, Ray. Twenty two years he was with Pepsi. So when it comes to branding, and when it comes to sponsorships and advertising, and <clears throat> advertising being supported by athletes and and their images, Tim knows a lot about that. Tim, if you could just shed some light um, on this subject matter as it relates to what sponsorships supported by athletes' images means to a brand, then perhaps maybe it might help some of us who are not so much educated in that field understand what those athletes do to help promote that brand in the marketplace. Okay. Well, let me, let me first just start off by, uh, as a precursor to what, what I wanted to talk about, Ray, which is, Anybody who Speak wants up just a little bit there, Tim. Break it up a little bit. Okay. Anybody who wants to invest in a in a brand by way of likeness for an athlete wants to look at something low risk. Now, everybody knows that it's always a gamble. You never know what somebody's going to do on a Friday or a Saturday. So what you think you got, you really don't have. And it doesn't necessarily begin and end with an athlete because it happens with uh, music celebrities and, and the whole nine yards. But at the end of the day, what you are doing is that you're buying a a brand with a perceived value, and that value means something to your means something to your consumers, and that's why anybody would in, that's why anybody invests in a likeness or in the brand or in the image. So, from a corporate America perspective, you know it's uh, that that's really what they look for, and so you'll you'll find even more so today than it has been in the past. I don't know if you've noticed, but you've seen a lot of the advertising going away from actually using people but using caricatures and uh, I, I forget what they call this new concept where it almost looks like a human being but it's not. I mean, those things are absolutely zero risk because you control the outcome of that image because there's no, nothing behind it other than automation. Well, let me ask you something, Tim. When you say there's nothing behind it other than all, uh, than 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 uh, what you say that was? Well, there's nothing. I mean, they, it's it's an automatic. It, the text is already uh, prescribed for that particular ad campaign, so you don't have to worry about what that image is going to do on a Friday or a Saturday. Okay, but let me ask you something. Now, when you take that and, and add that caricature to a sporting game like EA Sports, and that EA Sports has a, a, a number eight on it, and we know that number eight for the University of Kansas during a certain year. Was Kwame Lasseter? I mean, that's that's a caricature, but we know that's Kwame Lasseter. You know, and and when you and here's my take on it. I mean, I heard you say earlier, uh, and you use the term uh, scholarships, and you also use the term negotiating in the same in the same uh, environment. I don't know how much negotiation is embedded in uh, a scholastic scholarship. Well, let me. I'm glad you asked that question because I want to turn now to Daryl Clack, uh, former running back for the Cowboys and former running back at ASU. Daryl, how much negotiation was there with you when it came time for you to sign your contract? And I'm. A, it is a contract. It's a legal document. It is a contract. Letter of intent. Uh, so, Basically. so was, did you negotiate it? No, not really any negotiation to it because um, it's just coming in. Um, you're sitting at the table with whatever assistant coach or head coach that's doing that, um, sign that, con- that, that it letter intent with you and your parent or um, whatever in- individual you have with you, and they're just kind of going over what that entails, whether it's a four-year college degree and, you know, he's paying for your education, your dorm, your food, and, and things of that nature. But not one time there's any type of negotiation stating that, hey, you know, 
in the event this occurred, there is an opportunity where we may utilize your name or your number at that time to make to to add some further proceeds for the university. So no, there is no negotiation whatsoever. So ever, let me ask you something from from a legal perspective, and, and maybe a moral perspective also. Do do they have an obligation to let us know in that? contract signing or negotiation that we want to own your likeness and your image forever? I mean, I mean legally, do they have to inform us that? I mean, they're, or they're supposed to say, well, you should have read the contract. <clears throat> well, it's not actually in the contract. The letter of intent, uh, as the gentleman uh, just indicated, that there is no negotiation. In fact, uh, some players uh, sign it uh, after it's been sent in the mail. So there's not even anybody there uh, to go over it when they sign it. They just receive it with an X to sign. And, in fact, in the letter of intent, if, if you read it, uh, it in, indicates that also a player is agreeing to abide by all of the rules and regulations of the NCAA and of their particular conference. Okay, And they're not given the rules of the NCAA or of the Pac-10 or the Big 10 or the Big 12 or whatever. So uh, the, the letter of intent is uh, misleading. First of all, you're not even required to sign it, okay? Uh, but they don't tell you that you're not required to sign it. The only thing the letter of intent does is once you sign it, then it prevents other teams from continuing to recruit you. Hey, Ever, let me interrupt you there. Is, isn't there something that in the event that you do not sign it, then the scholarship is not awarded or the grant and aid is not awarded? Are you, is that question directed to me? Yeah, yeah, Everett, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, don't no, you? I no, mean, again, the, the, only, the only purpose <laughs> behind the letter of intent is to stop other teams, other schools from recruiting a young man. There is no requirement. In fact, if you go to the NCAA website, they will tell you clearly in no uncertain terms, that there is no requirement for a student-athlete to sign a letter of intent. That being said, the coaches don't tell you that, that you don't have to sign it, uh, because, again, they want you to sign it, because once you sign it, then other schools have to refrain from recruiting you. Okay, so let me, technically let... you could go into the season uh, without having signed it and still accept a scholarship. Okay, let me ask let me ask Kwame a question. And Kwame, based upon some of the things that you hear from uh, whatever has said, and some of the things that you've researched now, after you know, would you advise an athlete different today than you would have advised him ten years ago? Well, I would because um, athletes today need to know that uh, you mentioned it all the time that they are to show you are to entertain when people come to see you play. Let's say you you got a scholarship, your scholarship. Whatever the numbers are that your scholarships accumulate to, once that is done, the university should have the right to use that certain amount. But afterwards, if they use anything else, you should start getting paid from that. Now you're under contract with the university. Anything they use with your name on it, your image, your likeness, during the years you play there, you should start receiving some type of compensation. Now, as far as the letter of intent go, you sign a kid and he think he has a four-year deal. What you need to understand, you have five years to play for, and it's a one-year deal every time. So uh, not being able to sign this con this deal, this scholarship, you should go back to the table every year to re-sign this. You sign it one time, and you just go through your four years of doing it. But you have five years to play for. Damon, let me ask you a question. When You, you, you obviously there at, at uh, Northwestern. 
during the time you were there, and let's go even before you arrived, when you were coming out of high school and you went to visit, did things change for the university's athletic department and even the university, you know, as a whole, in terms of a benefit during the time of which you were there? Benefit in terms of? Was this a noticeable difference? Did the program, was there a contract? That was what did you get? Oh, yeah, the marketing yeah. opportunity? As an example, the okay. Ohio State University just got a $110 million contract guarantee uh, from uh, some marketing company. I believe it's uh, IG, IGM or IGA or one of those marketing yeah. companies guaranteed them. Did those kind of things happen when you were there? Well, yeah, well, we, were, um, we were Big Ten champions, and we got awarded a, um, I guess, sponsorship by adidas and i mean it just you know helped out tremendously with shoes. why do you think did you have that before no we didn't <laughs> where were y'all we where were y'all wearing before that uh i don't know i think it was reebok or puma or somebody but because of what you there. did on the field yeah there came the opportunity for this this lucrative shoe deal uh which yeah, brought well, in well, revenue well, to well, it was all sports i mean they, they encompassed all sports but one thing that people are forgetting when you sign your contract there's a form in there called the 083a Mm -hmm. And when you sign that, that relinquishes all your rights, past and present. So players need to understand that when they sign that paper. They you don't understand that. I'm sorry to cut you off, but players don't. They no, don't. They I, don't I explain that to you. Right. I mean, but it's in there. You know but, what I'm saying? And that's what these shows are like this for is to is to let you know. But my my question is, okay, so you don't sign the paper, are they going to take the scholarship away? That's things that people need to know. I mean, because say for example, I'm a, I'm a firm believer. Don't get me wrong. I'm the first one that loves Northwestern. I you know I bleed, you know, purple and white. But at the same time. I want what's best for the institution and the player because at the end, of the, they could care less about the player. They're going to make money irregardless. So Ohio State football or not, they're going to make money because people go there for an education. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? What my thing is a, a resolution in terms of not just giving maybe monetarily, but when football's done, what happens then? You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of players, like we talked about before, 70% of players are – broke, you know, uh, separated, you know, divorced, et cetera, et cetera, all these negative things, put some money, put some funds back into that, that, that $4 billion that EA makes a, a year, put money back in there where you're, a, where you're assisting, not, I guess, taking away from. Uh, I'm going to come back to that on the other side of the break because I, I like to know what the intent is when you're sitting there and signing that contract. Are they intentionally trying to deceive you by not addressing the clause of which you addressed here. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix Living Like It Matters. We'll be right back after this break. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to beat. we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely despise 
despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. We're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters with a whole lot of folks here in the studio with me, as well as a lot of folks out there listening, and I certainly appreciate it. Of course, we're discussing if indeed players, former college players and college athletes should be compensated for the use of their likeness once they have left uh, the university. And, and, and before we went to break, uh, uh, Damian Anderson uh, made and brought it to the attention uh, the fact that there is a clause in the contract that addresses an issue about uh, compensation and what I, what I wanted to say and then I'm going to ask uh, Everett again uh, our legal expert to to address the issue is uh, going in into that negotiation uh, I think most young men that it never comes you know to the forefront of their mind to even think about that because, again, we're, we're thinking that at least when, in my generation, we're thinking, OK, I want to make sure that I can go to school and get my education and that I can play football and that everything associated with the cost of that is going to be offset by my playing football. And that's why they say free ride. It's not really a free ride, because if you don't play football, then you don't get you know, that chance to go to school and not have to pay for that education. So you, you've earned that education, the opportunity to get that education. But all these other clauses inside of that contract, they never, I never had that discussion with them. I remember when I was here uh, my senior year, we came out on the field to play in the Fiesta Bowl, and I always played in, in, in Converse whenever we played on grass and Nikes whenever it was on turf. We came out, and all of a sudden, Earl Bruce said to us, we had to go in and change your shoes to put Nikes on. Now, Woody never, I mean, come on, how you, I'm a DB. How are you going to tell me i got to change my shoes and I'm getting ready to play a game? i got All-Americans on the other side of the field. I'm worried about them, and you telling me i got to change it. I mean, my mind is just, I'm, I'm, I'm losing my mind now. Now I'm worried about if my feet going to stay up under me or not. That was all about some type of contract, I'm sure, that was, that was signed and agreed upon by the university and the coach, and we didn't know anything about it. 
Hell, I would have said, no, I'm not signing that. I'm not, I'm not going to play in Nikes. I never played in Nikes on grass before. Did you get your check, so Ray? Those are some of the kind of things of which I would be concerned about. But if I could, okay. No, Ray, I have a similar story. I, we were playing, like we said, we had that Adidas um, uh, sponsorship. Contract. Yeah, mm -hmm. contract. And um, I wore Nikes the whole year before, the year that we won the Big Ten Championship. To me, they were just, you know, fit my foot good. So I just black them out, you know, as players do if they're sponsored by another team or whatever. And uh, we were sponsored by Reebok, so I would just black my shoes out and spat them or whatever. And once we got, because I was one of the focal guys, once we got sponsored by Adidas, like you said, they came, the rep came up to me and they said, we had a national televised game. They said, Damien wasn't wearing Adidas. Wow. So at that point, they changed my shoes. And, I mean, I'm like you. You know, I'm a running back. This is what I do. It's my feet. And they changed my shoes that day. You know what I mean? And now, did that now, – now, psychologically, come on, Damien. You're getting ready to play ball Oh, I now. did. That's, that, you know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. You know, as a running back, you're like, what are you talking about? I've wore these for the four years I've been here. All of a sudden, I have to wear Adidas shoes. And, I mean, the, just the whole mitts – I mean, they're great shoes. You know what I mean? Whatever. But for me, playing, like you said, psychologically, it was a problem. And I didn't – I wouldn't say it had to affect my performance, but I felt as though just it was another something that I had to worry about. And, and, and Damon, here's here's a fact: the university could still afford to pay for your education before they got that contract with Adidas. Of course. Yes. Okay, so now because you've been performing so well and the team's doing so well, there's some additional, you know, benefits to this. But you're not benefiting. As a matter of fact, you're at a disadvantage because your advantage was the other shoes you were wearing, not these shoes. So psychologically, you really at a disadvantage. So that doesn't really help you at all. Now it helps the university because now this revenue is going to help some other, uh, let's say, athletic department that can't afford to take care of its own. Or with the recruiting, et cetera. I mean, we got a national sponsor. I mean, a lot of areas it helps with. But So let me ask if I could ever, you said something, uh, Damon said something, you wanted to address it about a certain clause of which uh, Damon is more astute to that clause than I am. But did you want to address that, Everett? Well, yeah, Damon is referring to the form 08. Dash sorry, we need to speak up a little bit more, Everett. I'm sorry. Uh, Damien is referring to the form 08-38, which uh, all uh, student-athletes are required to, to sign as part of the scholarship. And But back to the question about whether it is enforceable or not, there, there is a concept in the law uh, called informed consent. You know, informed consent, meaning that you know and understand what it is you sign. And, and because of the lack of informed consent, historically in other kinds of contexts, so for example, consumer contracts. Uh, a host of consumer contracts over the years have been invalidated, like bank loan agreements and car agreements when you're buying a car, whatever, because of the small print. I mean, they've even changed uh, the rules to require that the print be a certain type and that sort of thing in order to make sure that people uh, notice it, first of all, and that they have an opportunity to read and understand it. Well, I think most of the coaches who present these letter of intents to kids, they don't themselves understand what it is they're having the kid sign. If, if my experience is in, in the indicator in terms of having represented uh, college athletes, most recently Nia Ali, who was the freshman female track athlete of the year at Tennessee, who transferred to uh, USC here in Southern California. Now, they have... In their rule book at Tennessee, they have a rule which has been affectionately referred to as, uh, I forget the name of the coach there, Pat Summit, the Pat Summit rule. Okay, so when a female student athlete, this is notwithstanding Title IX, which is to protect and preserve the rights of female uh, 
uh, athletes. The women's athletic department at Tennessee has got a rule that says women student athletes cannot transfer in any circumstance. So uh, the point is this is big business, uh, $300 billion every year over uh, $28 billion in advertising, over a billion dollars in endorsements. And so whenever you have money like this involved in, in these United States, then you will always have those people who are in power taking advantage of people who don't understand their power. Ever, let me, I let find me, it I, interesting oh, to know that IMG, for example, which is the number one promoter now of marketing of colleges and conferences, they used to represent individual athletes, and they determined, I imagine, that it's more profitable to represent the conferences and the colleges. Hey, and Tim, so they no longer represent individual players. They represent the colleges. Tim, you wanted to say something about that? Yeah, I was going to say that is, that is no different than, than a business, which is not supposed to be a part of college sports, but when you start to throw around numbers like $100 million, billion, believe me, you don't talk those numbers unless there's some kind of business hook involved. Now, let me tell you one thing about the – I want to make one point, Ray, because I've heard a lot spoken about the contract. Well, let's talk about the topic here, which is value for what you put into an institution. And if I were going to buy something, there's a, per, there's a present value and there's a future value. And when you come into any, any institution, especially when you come into D1 sport, you don't know what the future is going to look like for, for most. But there are certain ones that are just, you know, destined for greatness. They don't have the ability to negotiate to say that, oh, by the way, I'm not going to sign with you unless you waive the rights for me having the ability to have revenue from my likeness going forward, right? I don't think you have the ability to do that. So when someone signs a great player like that, they look at that player and say, this is a, a, a present value and a future value. That person is going to be making money for that university and institution long after they've stopped playing sports. And to not get any, any restitution for the contribution that you've made to the university and to the sport, to me, almost puts you at a level of a wage rate that is likened to most underdeveloped countries. It's, and it's, I don't see it as being fair. Well, Tim, I, I certainly appreciate that that uh, that comment made because uh, you know going into uh, your athletic career, there's there's so many what ifs could happen, and I certainly think that there should be some contingent uh, agreement in place that perhaps maybe if the best happens, that the compensation uh, is certainly there. Let, let me ask. Uh, I, 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 I want to say a quick. Yeah, thing. go ahead. I mean, in in terms of it not being fair, I mean. What's not fair? Say, for example, just say Kansas, Northwestern, ASU. I mean, it costs, just say ASU. If you're out of state, it costs $16,000 to go to the school. Northwestern costs $52,000. So you add that up, that's $200,000. Say if a kid does not play while he's there. Mm-hmm. How do you, how is that, how is that, that's not fair for the university. I would I say mean, that's just like pros, though, Damon. If, shame on you, you draft somebody in the first round, he ain't no good. Well, and that also goes back to the rest of your year, too. You, you see what I'm saying? I mean, it, it's all a what if. I mean, if, so what happens if he gets injured and right, he doesn't of course, play? Of course. I, I, exactly. But, you know, you, you play those odds. But like, like they said, in business, this is business. It is business. And I think that's the part that we want to look at this is we want to look at this it's as business. capitalism. There you go. And so, but, but, but never and never in the history of sports should a conversation with a current or former student athlete ever include the word business because they never approached us 
when they recruited us, that they wanted us to go in business with them. Now, we know that things have changed. As a matter of fact, I've been told directly that they run a business. But never, when they came to recruit me, did they ever say, hey, how would you like to go in business with us? Why wouldn't and here's, here's what you bring to the table. They are. Here's, when you sign that contract, here's you what are. We bring to, here's what we bring to the table. But you know that was deception because they never – did they ever use the word business? I mean, it's very easy to pronounce that word. I don't see you that degree as – You can't use business to a 17-year-old kid. But I don't see that degree as deception right there. I mean, you got to use them just like they use you. If my well, son, not, a running back, wants to go to Northwestern, I would be willing to bet that Northwestern say, Damian Anderson played here. He's a great running back. He went on to the league. He's going that's, – that's profit after the uh, – after you've gone, your name is still being used to recruit guys. So whether you get a great player or not, you got to get this guy here because you thought he was good in high school. Damian Annis played here, such and such played here. Uh, my son's a running back. He want to go there. He wanted, if his football, his aspiration, he want to go to Northwestern because Damian was able to go to Northwestern and, and, and go to the a, league. And you, and you bring up a great point, Carmen. That's why you went to Kansas and that's why I went to Northwestern. I mean, because they had Darnell Autry. They had one back-to-back Big Ten championship. All that exposure, all that notoriety that they gained, and all that money that was throughout the institution. I mean, they were academic in football, you know, powerhouse. Of, of course you want to go there. But at the same time, it's like, what just, what happened? I mean, don't get me wrong, fellas. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm straddling the fence here because it's like, when does it stop? When is an education enough? When, because we're not in pros. You're a, a student athlete, and you're not a pro. You're in, When you become in the pros, you're an independent contractor. You know what I mean? When you're in the when you're in college, you're a student athlete. There's a difference. Well, we're gonna have to get back to that subject on the other side of this break, and we're gonna bring a, a few fans into this conversation with us. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, for living like it matters. We'll be right back after this break. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bench his ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard-hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard-hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. 
Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference most valuable player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Alrighty, I'm going to try to cut that music as fast as I can because time is running out. This, 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 uh, okay, I know we need two hours, fellas. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to ask Damien and I'm going to ask Kwame, and I'm also going to ask Daryl, who will be having the show soon, that if we would further and continue having these discussions on your shows if you guys would be willing to host this subject because I think it's a very important one. And I, I think we get a, you know, a unanimous decision on that. Is that is that possible? That's possible for my show. You know, we can get on. We can set a date for it, and that that would be what we talk about. Okay, Damon, is that good? Ray, we could probably do that too with you. Uh, you okay. Heard first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Friday, <laughs> 12 Pacific, Planet Gridiron Radio on Voice America Sports. Okay. We're going to reconvene the, uh, the issue, Ray. Okay. Uh, well, the issue is if, in fact, that former college athletes should be compensated for their likeness once they've exhausted their eligibility at the university. And, Micah, I appreciate you calling in uh, from uh, GCOB in the house. We've got Micah, who is the co-host of GCOB in the house there. Uh, Micah, what, what is your opinion? Do you think that uh, former college athletes should be compensated for their likeness? And I, and I, I wasn't trying to get a whole bunch of homers here. I, I hope somebody said no, like Damien. I think Damien said no. <laughs> I didn't say no. I just said I'm straddling the fence. I, I appreciate fence. that. Oh, I yeah, appreciate yeah. that. Okay, go ahead. Hey, Michael, what do you think about that? Well, I, I not only agree with that, but I take it a step further, as you know. I think the whole NCAA sports is one of the biggest rackets in, in all of American business when you consider what these kids are bringing to the table, and you guys already talked about that. I wanted to, to bring up an example and get your thoughts on this, too, because NCAA basketball should be scared right now. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with a kid named Brandon Jennings. Now, they made the rule, remember, that you, have, you can't come right well, out of high school. So you have to spend a year right. away from high school before you can enter the NBA. Right. This kid, this brave little kid decided, I'm going to play in Italy. He got a million and a half to play in Italy for a year, and he got a $2 million endorsement from Under Armour. Then he enters the NBA draft. Now is where the risk comes. because If he drops to 25 or lower, then people are going to be like, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not risking that. He got taken 10th. Yes. He went 10th overall to Milwaukee. So now if I'm a top talent in, in, in basketball in high school, why wouldn't I go make three and a half million in Italy for a year, still get drafted where I want in the NBA? Why would I bother even messing with the NCAA? Yeah, Mike, you're right about that, and that 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 just that that one person and that one situation is an entire show. But but I agree with you because I mean you can be a kid actor, a child actor, you know, you can be any other sport just about, and you come out of high school and play baseball. But for some reason, or other you know, basketball and football. You know, you got to, you know, go a roundabout way to get into the money, as, as they say. But uh, you're right. He, he has opened up some uh, a whole can of worms and and there's going to be some issues there. I want to ask if I can, Daryl, let me ask you something, man. Do you think 
that the effect from the fans, and then after you finish, I'm, I got some fans here, so they're going to tell us about it. But do you think that the support from the fans of college football will be affected if they start paying former college athletes for the use of their images? I don't think, well, not in a negative way. I think um, once a fan, either you're a fan or you're not. I mean, there's no, no in between based off of what type of revenue or what type of uh, endorsements certain individuals are getting. Um, it's just a matter of you have certain individuals that really enjoy looking at college football because they see there's a difference between um, the sport as playing for the game of football. When you take it to the NFL side, it's, it's a lot more to it. There's a lot of entertainment. There's a lot of endorsements, a lot of more money involved. And so a lot of the, the game side of it is, is kind of generating to a, to a different level. I think um, my experience as far as talking with individuals, they'll, they'll come to me and say, yeah, I love the college game of football much better than the NFL because of outside looking in, you know, yeah, I mean, we can sit here and talk about it's a business and, you know, college players are, you know, from, from a fan standpoint, they don't see as college players get any type of compensation for playing the game of football. NFL, yes, you do. But that is showing the fans that they're out there, they're playing the game of football because they enjoy the game of football. Yes, they did get a scholarship, and, but they're not getting any type of compensation for it. Now, when you go outside of the game where that college player is no longer there and he's not playing football with the college, that's a whole different matter. So I don't think it's going to take away from the fan base. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm blessed to have some fans here. And, and, and don't be offended by fan. I'm a fan guy. So I, I want you guys to know that. Uh, but I've got uh, Harold with me and I've got Mike. Uh, I know Harold is a Nebraska fan because he's got a Nebraska shirt on. And, and I know that Mike is an ASU fan because he got Superman on his chest. So, you know, that's what he thinks about ASU. But let me let me ask you guys. Do you think that the college athletes, the former college athletes, should be compensated, for one? That's one question. And then, two, do you think it will change the mindset and the affinity that the fans have for college athletes if they are one day compensated? Well, I think when you look at major college football and we look at what it's become, it's become big business now. And I think that when you deal with kids... My, my with kids at this level in compensation, I I think personally the compensation goes along with the education and the room and the board and the food that you get there. However, where does it stop from the university being able to utilize that player is the question. I don't have a problem with the fact that the university wants to put a kid up in front and make him the focal point of that university. And and, and quite frankly, if you're that player, you want to be that guy because. They allow you to market yourself by going there. And what happens is is then you as a player are able to market your ability and get drafted higher. You're able to go on and further your career and make, hopefully, sign millions of dollars of contracts. But the problem is, is where does the university draw the line at making money? I don't think they ever can because I think the university is, when we look at big-time college football, yes, we know that's a big profit center for the university. However, the problem you have is there's a lot of other programs that are in that school that don't make money. Wrestling, gymnastics. Um, and I'm going to cut you off right there because business, if, if you've got something and it's not a profit center, you make a business decision. Guess what? We're not going to do that anymore. GM, certain cars they make don't make money. They stop manufacturing those cars. So if you've got a program that doesn't make money for you, I don't think it's a football program's responsibility to subsidize that. Well, well that's that, ties in, that ties into Damien's point, though, about the value of this education Versus the scholarship. I mean, if I get a scholarship, then whether I start or not, if I go to work every day, if I go to practice every day, and I put in the time, then I've earned the scholarship, whether or not I start or not. In fact, I could help make the starters better just in practice. 
But as the gentleman just indicated, the football program is supporting the, the best proof that you have earned it is that the money that is generated is able to support all of the other non-revenue sport programs at the institution, of which they have many more than football and basketball. Hey, Everett, I appreciate that comment. I got another fan that came in. I got to get him on the air, and uh, that's Mike from ASU. Mike, th- what's your perspective? Do you think the college athletes should or should not be compensated once his eligibility is over with? You know, I'm like uh, Damien here. I'm a little bit on the fence on it, um, but he made a good point about there's, there's scholarship athletes that maybe not don't get in the game. They don't get to play. So what type of cut do they get versus somebody that was the face of the program? Um, I kind of like the idea that they take some of this money, set it aside, and put it into a pension for players, put it into uh, vocational training, um, find a way to use it so that when you do leave, you, you know, your four years are done, your five years of college are done, maybe you're not going into the pros, boom, there's money that they can help these people out. I think I can answer that question. Damien is the man who was responsible for that shoe contract, and everybody got those shoes. So it, it's, there's a system in place where the compensation comes in that it doesn't just go to one person, even though you won that Heisman Trophy. It goes to everybody on that team, all the participants get equally blessed. Go ahead, Kwame. Uh, I, I, I agree one time. I, I watched Damian play, and it, this guy was all over the field. I'm thinking, and I did, too. If he wasn't I there, props. if he wasn't there, Northwest is not where they are, regardless of what he's going to get on the mic and tell you. But this guy was a Heisman <laughs> candidate, and that benefited the whole program at Northwest and benefited from his performance. And I think this, Damian, is, is one thing. I think that we, as former athletes, have an obligation to do what's right for the athletes in the future. I'm not asking them to give me the money. I'm asking them to change the system so that the system will be right going forward. That's all I hate to say. Man, I hate to do this. We got we got <laughs> music. <laughs> Damon threw the headphones on. He wanted to say something. I'd like to thank all of our guests out there. Of course, I want to thank our legal analyst, um, Everett, for giving us a call. Uh, Everett Glenn, I want to thank Tim Ridgeway for giving us a call. Also, I want to thank Michael Warren for giving us a call. And, of course, all my great guests here in the studios, Kwame, Damien, and Clack, man. I can't believe I said Cowboys. <laughs> and, of course, my fans, not my fans, but your fans, Harold and Mike. You've been listening to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix like it matters. I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.